Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another podcast. I'm your host, Key Orion. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are here with me, and I appreciate that. This is the podcast, Creative Contact, where uh, we break down everything from uh, gems that I've found going on in my life, uh, trying to uh, take over the world on my music journey, as well as answering your Q&A music questions, as well as music reviews. But recently, we have done a shift in the podcast in terms of the vibe. So this, these are podcasts that are more focused on, um, I guess, minimalism, essentialism, uh, just different kind of discover and declare ideas that I've learned along the way on this journey, um, because these are ideas that I that I am constantly learning about, internalizing, experimenting with, and want to share with you guys. And so this podcast is normally more music focused, um, but this episode I want to do something a little different because I'm turning thirty soon, and so I thought it would be cool to normally every time I hit. My, I go around the sun for another loop. I like to kind of do like a reflection on that year, things I've learned, different things I've kind of picked up on, um, just reflections on the year. But this one, since it's a big age, since this is the big 3-0, uh, I wanted to do it a little different. So I tried to make a list of the 20. I've, I thought it'd be fun to do like, since I'm like in my 20, you feel me, like 20 by 30. But I'm not sure if I quite got there. So we'll see. Um, but these are some of the biggest gems that I've learned throughout my 20s and throughout my life in general, but mostly the 20s where I picked up most of these and experimented with these ideas, experimented with these thoughts. Um, when I was 20, I was in school trying to be a rapper. And now that I'm almost 30, I'm out of school and still trying to be a rapper, but it's all good. This is not one of those stories of, I think this is a lot more, this is a lot more probably fun and meaningful from people like Will Smith once they've already like made it and they've been like, yeah, I made it, but now let me tell you about the gems that I got on the other side of it. Unfortunately, I'm still in the midst of it, of the hustle, trying to figure it out, chasing the dream. Um, and so maybe I'll do one of those videos someday when we make it and say, hey, I made it. And trust me, it's not everything that it's cracked up to be. But until I get there, it still feels like it's everything it's cracked up to be. So um, I'm going to keep chasing it and doing the damn thing. Um, but in the meantime, these are uh, different kind of gems that I've learned along the journey of trying to make it that I think you guys might dig. Um, and so, yeah, we'll also start this off with a piece that I think is important. And this is why I made it number one. Also, let me, yeah, let me close the windows. You know, it's funny. It's like right when I'm about to start recording, the guy next door decides to start playing saxophone. So that, or the horns, that's how it is. Welcome to Mexico. This is how we do it, baby. This is how we getting down. But we aren't going to let the traffic stop us, are we? No, we aren't. We're getting into it. So the first, the first piece uh, that I think is important is that it's and I'm, this is also maybe me hedging for future Kia, because um, I want you all to know that this is uh, from my experience. This is my perspective. These are my beliefs, and some of these will be controversial. I understand some of these as well are pretty powerful, um, and and these these might ruffle a few feathers. So if you're easily offended, this may not be the episode for you. But I'm also hedging that with this first one, which is the first one, the reason why I made it, I put it first is because um, I do think it's one of the most important things and that's it's okay to change your mind and that you should change your mind. Um, 
I wrote a couple notes that I also want to share with you guys. The first one was, when was the last time you questioned what you believe and why? And are those beliefs serving you? I think this is really interesting when it comes to, um, you know, political arguments, religious arguments. Are these things that you believe because this is how you were brought up? And this is what your family did. This is what you've always done. Are these still serving you? Or is this something, you know, I'd ask the person who believes in a higher power, you know, is there, have you found proof of that? Yes or no. And in your life, have the, has that belief helped you and those who maybe don't believe in a higher power? Um, why is that? And maybe is at some point, is there something incredibly that, you know, magical that has seemingly happened to you? And maybe why don't you believe in a higher power? And are these, I think these are just interesting things to revisit. I feel like we often like to stake our claim and say, this is what I believe. This is what it is forever. Rather than saying, what, why do I believe this thing? Um, and, and seeing if that is still serving you or not. Number two, there's a fine line between sacrifice and missing out on life. Um, this one was really big for me when I was in my mid twenties. I remember I was still chasing this music dream, obviously, and I was sacrificing everything. I'm the king of delayed gratification. That was my thing. I'm part robot. And so there was a point in my mid twenties when I didn't have sex for like three years. I didn't, wasn't really like hooking up with anybody. I wasn't, I wasn't, there were no romantic things. I was like, because it was like, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner, I make beats, I go to bed, I wake up, I work out, go to work, come. It's just that, it was just that for pretty much two, three, four years. And it got to a point where I said, okay, Kia, this is all well and good because we're, we're, we're making a lot of progress. But what happens when we someday reach that, that goal that we want to with the music and you look back and life has passed you by. And I also think at the same time, a lot of us don't um, make sometimes those sacrifices we need to in order to reach those goals. We, it's, you know, we do take it almost like day by day rather than thinking about our future selves and future pacing, which I do think is important, which is why I say it's a fine line. But now I'm trying to, I guess, have my cake and eat it too. We're pursuing the dream. That's why I travel. So I'm out here. Um, and and realizing that that there's a lot of life that you can a lot of experiences that you can have that are beautiful along the journey to the destination because that journey really is the whole point. So finding that balance between sacrificing for your, your future self and also enjoying uh, the moment in the day for your present self. All right, number three, this one's big. The brain you create reflects the life you lead. This one is huge. Um, th- I wrote down a couple notes here. I wrote, awareness is more important than intellect. You experience what you understand is available. And this one is huge for me because you, we start out and we think that we are shooting to reach level 100 until you reach level 100 and then you get there and you realize there's a whole bunch of other people that are reaching for level 200, but you didn't even realize 200 was a level because you couldn't see it from level one. And so this one is a huge one for me in terms of what you put into your brain, that information diet, and that awareness really creates the, the what you believe is even an option. Like you don't even realize, it, you can only reach so high or shoot for something if you, if you understand that it's there, it's even an option. And this also comes down to things like the news, which I don't watch anymore. Um, I, I, I think if it's truly important, I'll hear about it, but things about that where you know, as an industry that is uh, built off of us 
um, you know, it's built off of bad shit. Like as humans, we're really attracted to negative stuff. Gossip. We're attracted to when things are when burning buildings. Things are like. When is the last time you saw the news and it was like things are really good? It's the best they've ever been. I'll wait. Right? It's always it's always terrible negative shit. And so especially if you put that in your brain or if that's how you start your day, then you're going to start to believe that those things are sometimes a bigger reality than they actually are in terms of thinking, you know, just awareness in general, I think, is, is a big part of what leads to a lot of xenophobia, racism, you know, what keeps people small, playing small just in general is this almost lack of awareness, lack of exposure. So that one for me is a really big one. The brain you create reflects the life you lead. So fill your brain with dope shit. Keeping it moving. Um, this actually ties in exactly to that last one. Don't throw away an entire person because you don't agree with them. Uh, this one has been really big for me, especially um, having some more chances to travel now and then really making the choice to travel more. Um, is I do believe that people are inherently good. And this also comes down to we you never know what other people are going through. But I think especially in the States, it's so politically charged. We're so quick to, to, to write people off because of maybe uh, their political belief or their religious belief or whatever. And it's really interesting. When I was in Asia, um, you know, being outside the States when I was in Asia, I realized how rampant racism is in Asia. You know, Asians against other Asians. It be, might be a Thai person racist against Chinese people or Chinese against Thai people. But whomever, and, and even though that might not be what I believe, that there, we could still have a relationship. I didn't have to write that entire person off. And you realize that things like racism exist everywhere in the world, whether it's, you know, Mexicans against other Mexicans or Latinos countries and other Latino countries, Asians and other Asians, whatever it is, racism is there. Religion is a really heavy one, even though, you know, you there might be some really intense things, certain topics that I completely believe are contradictory to what I believe, um, 99.9% of people, we're just doing the best we can, and we're just trying to figure it out. And so for me, I'm just a lot more, I guess, open these days to people who believe differently than me and also understanding that just because it's what I believe, it doesn't mean that it's the right thing, that there isn't necessarily a universal truth because that other person might believe as strongly in their belief as I do in mine, even though they're opposing um, there isn't necessarily a right or wrong. And so just like to let people, not trying to change people's beliefs, let them do their thing and to, to slice off the rest. That sounds a little dramatic, but to keep the piece of them that's good and to, um, to navigate life with being more open-minded to what other people believe because realizing that my experience is in entirely my own. Okay. That's a dope one. Um, this comes in, this is a short one, but important one. Ask for help. It, it doesn't make you weak. I think the strongest people, the, the people I look up to the most are the ones who admit that they know the least. If that makes any sense, it's this quiet confidence to admit you don't know stuff, to constantly ask questions that it's a lot more impressive to, um, listen than it is to mansplain. That it's mostly those guys, it's often the guys that are that know the most or pretend to know the most, they're the most confident in their 
and their beliefs and are the most about like espousing their beliefs as concrete, this is what it is, that I find are often to me, they feel most the, the most insecure or the most like, it's like, oh, you really don't get it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's the ones that I look up to that really, I guess, are truly the most confident who, who have the heart to say, I know a lot about this little niche that I'm passionate about, but like, please, they're always open to being schooled and open-minded to, to everyone else. It's like anytime you go into, for me, whenever I go into a dojo or a martial arts gym, it's always the most badass dude is like the most quiet guy that doesn't feel like he has to fight anybody because he knows, he knows who he is. He's comfortable with who he is. Okay. Um, keeping it moving. Relationships take time. Be intentional with your energy. Uh, as much as I am into automation and optimization and that sort of thing and just in life in general and minimalism and essentialism, friendships and relationships don't work that way. You have to water them. You have to put time into them. Um, and because you have a limited amount of time, be intentional with the people that you do decide to invest that time in and that people will not just fall out of the sky and want to help you. That if there are people in your life that you think are dope and you think are rad, um, be intentional about creating friendships and fostering those relationships with people because um, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Okay, moving right along. This actually ties right into that last one. This might even be like a 6.5, but since I'm trying to make it to 20, we'll bump it up. Um, that uh, people aren't permanent. And that's obviously in a way that we all die and you never know when people are going to, to, to leave this earth, but that also people aren't permanent in your life. Meaning that, that you know, as I was saying that um, people are in your life for seasons. And I think that that's important um, to understand, to be aware of, and to embrace that, that it doesn't have to be a forever thing. I think a lot of the times when I was younger, I wanted friends and I would latch onto them and, and be like, why doesn't this feel like it used to feel? And it's because you grow as a person, you, ch you develop, you change. And that in that point in your life, that person was very important to you. This could even be intimate relationships. Think about at one point in your life, that ex was everything to you. That ex was your life. And now you might be distant strangers, but that's just kind of the way that it works. And I know this like no new friends philosophy is popular, but I'd rather I am always thinking about who who's this new person, who's the next friend that might really help me out at this point in my life to to try to maintain the relationships with, with the friends that I do keep and that I do have, but that um, people, life is fluid, friendships are fluid, that, that people serve different um I guess, roles in your life at certain times, depending on what you need and what you want. Um, yes, sir. Keeping it moving. This is a big one. Living in Asia and having a chance to spend time with a bunch of different uh, Buddhists and, and temples and monasteries and just being in that Buddhist culture. One of the biggest pieces about Buddhism that I loved and that really resonated with me is that uh, we are the source of most of our own suffering meaning this comes down from worry and anxiety about things that are outside of our control, meaning the past, excuse me, and the future. We spend so much time worrying about the past, which is outside of our control, and worrying about the future that we often miss out on this very beautiful present moment. And that was just something that... Um, 
stuck with me and, and really resonated with me because it's uh, the reason why they say that that Buddhism is a practice is because it's this is our default setting as animals, as humans. We want to we're always worried about the next thing because that's how we that's how we were programmed to survive. So that we. Um, you know, we didn't just get complacent and then didn't go hunting for food or something. So we're we're kind of automatically in this gear of like, kind of like a little bit anxious about the future, whatever's going on. But I find so often that our imagination will make suffering worse than it really is, or it'll make, uh, it'll make an event worse than it really is. And so rather than me trying to control all of the parameters of the future, um, you know, it's like, who knows if it's going to be the apocalypse or or Bitcoin and Ethereum is taking over. Even when Trump was president, it's like, when is he going to blow up the world? And it's like, these are all things that are outside of my control. And so I'm going to bring it back to my internal locus of control. What is in with my immediate environment? What do I see? What do I know? Um, and how can I how can I how can I control what I can control? and not put so much energy and effort into all these things outside of that because um, that doesn't that doesn't do me any good, just kind of that low-grade hum, hum of anxiety if there's nothing I can actually do about it. Um, this one, was, actually, this brings me perfectly... Man, whoever came up with these points did a great job of organizing them out. I'm just saying. Um, this is a big one that I learned from my dad, and... Uh, uh, let me say this. My dad told it to me, but I didn't learn it until life beat me over the head with it long enough that if you want something to happen, you have to make it happen. Um, meaning, I think there was a long time when I would wait thinking about wanting to blow up as a musician. I'd be like, man, my music is so dope. Someone's going to drop out of the sky and think this is dope and be like, Kia, let me shoot videos for you. Let me make beats for you. Let me engineer for you. I was always like, people are going to find my music, think it's dope, and really believe in me. And it never happened. And so that was my whole onus for my entire online business now, my entire belief in life is this, you have to make it happen. That's why I learned to make beats was because I didn't have the money to buy beats or, or hire a producer. And that's why I learned audio engineering. I couldn't, you know, spend the money to hire an engineer. And so now at this point in my life, I'm learning how to do my own marketing and, and all these different things that I do think it's important running an online business or whatever it is that you do to understand when to pass off tasks to other people, when to delegate, because that is incredibly important to realize that you can't do everything, but that also rather than make excuses for why it's not happening to go get it. And so for me, now my greatest passions in life are these things that I have taught myself through YouTube tutorials, through online programs, going and, and learning these things. And now it's a great pleasure for me to, to get better at these crafts. But that, you know, the same way I, I talk often about um, wanting to headline Madison Square Garden and realizing that that like, that's not just something that just like happens out of nowhere. And this also ties into an important point about, again, the, the one before it about the, you know, you control what you can control is the same way that I believe in. If it's in your power to make it happen, to, to make it happen, but also um, that 
you can you can control your output in terms of your work, in terms of what you do, but you can't control how people are going to react or respond to it. So I talk about this a lot recently. It's just been in my mind recently about process, embracing process, um, and the ideas about um, how you know rather than trying to chase fans and followers and and stats and like things along those lines, is to make it more about how can you control the output of making it more like a song a week or the videos that you make or the content you create and putting the onus more on what's inside your actual control um, in terms of if you want to make something happen, making it happen rather than like trying to win a Grammy and that's like everything because that is completely out of your control and that's unfortunate because that may or may not happen rather than just just bring it back onto yourself and and having something that's a more tangible thing that you can chip away at and then hopefully the people at the Grammys think you're dope and they give you one along the way but that that's almost irrelevant keeping it moving um and speaking of which I guess uh when it comes to things about control this is a big one for me and that's keep it simple that everything in our life that we do is often to escape discomfort. And so really, for me, keeping it simple was really being able to dial in what are the things that make me the most unhappy, what makes me the most uncomfortable, not in like a push your comfort zone, but like what's just like shitty to do in the day-to-day. And a couple a couple um, ideas around this are that you all, there's always a choice and that thinking, really drilling down what are the big pieces that, that – that cause you discomfort if it's like is it loneliness is it not having autonomy over your your time like these really deep things and thinking about why we often like to fill this kind of void with netflix and food and um, maybe you know uh, unhealthy partners and booze and whatever it is like why or what are we trying to escape from and how can we like really tap into that discomfort and then find ways to alleviate it so for me this has been in the nine to five I didn't like having a boss I didn't like not having autonomy of my own time um, so that, so I said how can I just live on a thousand dollars a month and that was when I moved to Thailand recently what caused me the most discomfort was the thought about having a child by accident. And so I said, how can I alleviate this, that discomfort? I'm not sure what the future holds, but I got a vasectomy so that way I know that I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like that that was a big, that sense of like worry I talked about earlier, like that was within my control. I can do that. I can alleviate the discomfort that comes with like that fear of having an accident. Think about those biggest fears and then how can I, how can I slowly and strategically remove those from my life? So keeping that in mind, um, this one, and you know what, just to, just to top that one off too, is to like, how do you like to spend your time do like doing something that you love and then like find a way to do that more. But I'll tie that in later with a different point. This one's quick. Uh, number 11, nobody cares in a good way. Uh, nobody really cares. We're all so focused on ourselves, on ourselves that nobody is really that preoccupied with like whatever it is that you're doing. I remember when I was in high school, there was a talent show. There was like an end of the year performance, but um, it was, I created a song with my buddy, shout out Cosmo, Rad Fly Fisherman. And I, I, I we'd made these rap songs and I was like, I'm going to do it. I was crushing on this girl, Deja. 
shout out Deja one time. And I was like, man, I'm going to kill it with these rap songs. And she's going to be like, wow, this guy can rap so good. I got to like him. Terrible approach, but it's what I thought at the time. I was 16, cut me a little slack. And anyway, show up at the performance, me and my boy Cosmo, hop up. I got the first verse, forget my lyrics. And I'm crushed. But fortunately, we prepared two songs. Cosmo salvaged that song. I'm like, you know what? Forgot my lyrics on that one. I'll get them on the next one. Song starts. I get out there. Stage fright is even worse now. I've already forgot my. I've already choked. Choke again. I'm like, damn it, bro. Now Deja's never gonna like me. And um, then my rap career slowly faded into uh, the universe. No, I'm just kidding. And then I was like. I, I was so I was so worried about what everybody else thought about me forgetting my lyrics. And then by the time we went away for like a week or something, we're going to break. I forget how the time. It wasn't a lot of time. And I came back and I was like, so what did you think of the performance? And we were like, what? Like, what do you talk? Oh, yeah, the, the talent show is cool. You forgot. Like, people don't even they don't even realize. Like, we, we get so worried about, like, if I change my hair or if I do this or I launch this and I fail. And it's like it keeps us in this little box rather than realizing that we're all caught up in our own mind. Same, I talk about this all the time with music that, like, like the engineers are going to be like, wow, your mix is terrible. But, like, 99% of people won't. So just, like, drop the thing. Do the best that you can do. Keep it pushing. Nobody cares in a good way. Um, brings me to my next point. You can be whatever you want to be. Um, we, I think our identity is something that we often have put there by other people. Oh, but you're this. Oh, why are you trying to do that? You're, you're such a nice guy or you're this or that. It's like, as humans are incredibly flexible and I, this kind of ties into ethics, which I'm interested in, but I won't dive into in this podcast, but that like, Depending on the scenario and who I'm with and what's happening, I'll be a completely different person. And that identities are incredibly fluid. Like, I can be a really nice guy, and if you try to kill my family, I might murder somebody. And in that regard, I'm a murderer. And so, like, I just like philosophy and ethics. I just like these thought experiments that, like, you aren't, like, values are only contextual to, to, um, to the scenario and the environment in which they're happening. Because if I'm a nice guy, but I kill somebody, maybe it's out of self-defense, but I still might have murdered somebody's father, son, brother. So that this idea of like what you are, thinking about your identity, and playing with those more of like to, to who's the person, when you think about who's the person you want to be, is there anything that you are currently doing that does not align with who you want to be and then think about what traits you might need to adapt in order to become that person. So I have these three traits that I write down every day. I don't write them down every day. I've written them down. I read them every day in the morning. It's bold, gritty, and kind. And so I think about this a lot when I want to do something. So if there's a girl that I want to ask her number, I'll be like, ah, no. I'll be like, Kia, bold, gritty, kind. Like, be bold. Like, is this a bold moment? Like, Go ask her for a number. Go ask her if she's single. Like, if in the moment, like, with, like, I don't know if I should kiss her. Like, be bold. Kiss her. Or, like, if it's gritty, like, thinking about um, wanting to, uh, I, I love martial arts. And so wanting to, you know, pursue boxing more. Gritty in the sense of persistence and kind in terms of thinking about am I, am I, 
is this something that a kind person would do? Am I talking shit about someone? Is this a negative thing? Am I bringing people down? Am I being more open-minded? Am I being kind? And really internalizing these ideas about identity and realizing that you get to choose what those are for yourself. People don't get to decide those for you. Um, uh, another one that kind of comes down to this is uh, when I was talking about you know future pacing, putting yourself... Thinking about your future self, the person that you want to become, that you want to develop into, grow into, is that you have to give things time. We want so often, I think, in a culture and a society of um, like Uber Eats and Netflix on demand and everything is now, 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 Amazon next day delivery, Amazon two-hour delivery, four-hour delivery, whatever, that like time, we've lost the kind of like beauty of like just long-term growth and like it's okay to be shitty at stuff that like we feel like we if like we're afraid to experiment with something because we're going to be terrible and instead like right now i'm learning boxing i've been boxing for like eight years but kind of off and on and i'm still pretty trash but i'm so passionate about it that i know it's just a matter of time to get better and so it makes it easier to be trash and also to give yourself that room to be whack at it, to like, even in my music, like my engineering is so far from where I want it to be, but to be like, that's, I know that I'll get there in time, but like, that's the one piece of the process you can't skip. Uh, you can speed it up by getting mentors, asking for help, you, getting online programs, learning from people. You can, you can, you can level up quicker, but you can't skip that step. And so I think about that, even in recording of this video, 30 years old, still trying to be a SoundCloud rapper, and still in my heart of hearts, just like am cool with the fact that it's really hasn't, my music hasn't gone anywhere because I'm enjoying the process so much. And really, I can't tell you how, maybe it's programming from mom, but I really do feel like in my heart of hearts that it's like inevitable that it's going to work. And maybe that's just because of good parenting or environment. I don't really know, but it's like I'm cool and I can joke about being a grown ass man and not having any music career really because I'm just so confident in what I'm doing and what I'm making and in in the belief that that it that it, it will happen. And so though those are sorts of things of like believing and trusting in the process, as cliche as it sounds, I think really is so important is to give yourself the time and the space to be terrible and to know that that thing you will level up if you give it the proper time and dedication um yes sir uh 14 i love this one this one has been big that as funny as it is to say your reality isn't real because real is in reality but that your reality is simply the perception your perception, which is guided from your experiences, your your thoughts, and your environment. And this isn't like we're living in a simulation, but like we kind of are because your life and your perception is unique to only you. Um, and so knowing that, it's really interesting to know that like events don't, events aren't emotionally charged but we assign meaning to events. And so really thinking about this as well in terms of like thinking about when somebody does something. This for me, the re I'm, I'm tying this in, I'm hedging this as, as pretty much saying like don't take things personally. Like 
people, this also ties back into like, you don't know what people are going through that like the same event can happen and be interpreted completely differently. And so for myself, um, when I think about this, a big piece of this is this idea that memories aren't real either. That um, I learned this the other day and I was like, that makes so much sense. It was from a sleep scientist and he was talking about how memories are almost like word documents that we like how good would a word document be if you just like open it up and it was just like stuck and you couldn't do anything with it instead what we do is we open a word document maybe change some things rearrange some things and we'll save as we'll save it as a new file whoop and over it it overwrites that old file that memories in our brains actually work the same way because of our like id and ego and super ego and stuff that like to protect us that or whatever that like our brain will open a memory chip chip double click on it it will change the memory and it will save it as the new file and so i could be like man do you remember when you know i was 17 and you bullied me like over that thing and someone be like i didn't bully you like i was I, I i was just trying to get like my lunch money and i ended up like scooping it off the floor and in your mind you'd always thought that like they shoved you in the lunch line and picked it up but like your memory will add stuff or change stuff or create stuff and then save that as a new file. And so just like constantly questioning your own memories and your own perception when people do stuff or say stuff or interact with me in a way, trying to like have this, this like third party perspective of it, like outside of just Kia in the interaction being like, what else might be at play here that is going on outside of just like Kia's direct reality? Thinking about, I heard this really cool analogy of like, if say you're at a party and there's like people like out on the dance floor, like getting it, like ah, ah, doing the damn thing. And then maybe this is like an old, like 1920s party or something. And you like go up to like the balcony or you're like at a fancy club in like the meatpacking district or something. And you like go up to the balcony, you're like outside of the dance and you're like looking at like the people dancing and you can see there's the DJ and this couple over here that's like grinding way too hard for it to be publicly acceptable. And then like every other people like doing stuff and having fun and like having that perspective for me from meditation, I've been meditating recently, um, has really helped me just get into that practice of like, I'll something will trigger me. I'll have an emotional reaction and then try to like almost like jellyfish out of my body in the scenario and almost like try to visualize myself in that scenario from like a third party perspective. And it helps me just realize like whatever I'm feeling and this ties into, um, actually another piece later on, but like what I'm feeling is real. Yes. But like actually not because it's, uh, I'm having like a physical biological response to an event, but like that doesn't mean that it's factually accurate. That was a weird one. That was a weird long one. Keeping it moving. But it's true. Reality isn't real. It doesn't exist. Okay. Life is hard, bro. Life is hard and life is tragic. But it's these tragic moments that make it beautiful. Because there are a lot of these tragic moments that we're all experiencing. And because of that, that's like the one universal piece to life is that it's going to be hard and that it's going to be tragic and that it's going to be sad and that that's okay. Like I think speaking of the removing discomfort shit that we talked about before is that like we're so like worried about being sad or so often like be positive. I think it's almost like a, it's like a, yes, I'm into like gratitude and being positive but like and not dwelling 
but to but to not how do I phrase this? Not dwelling, but also not resisting those sad emotions. The sad emotions are okay. And a lot of inspiration can come from those sad emotions. And to understand this, something I'm going to talk about soon as well, one of these next points, is that it's not forever. That like to, when you're sad, know that you aren't, you aren't sad, you're feeling sad. And that's something I've been doing a lot recently as well, is acknowledging that they're feelings, saying, I'm feeling sad, or I'm feeling jealous, I'm feeling envy, whatever these kind of like negative emotions are, whatever you're feeling, to be aware that they're feelings and listening to those. And if I am, maybe I'm envious, double clicking on it and saying, why? What, what is it that, that's causing me to feel that way? Why do I want what they want? Or if I'm feeling sad or something is saying, am I actually is this a feeling sad or did I not sleep well? Did I, am I, um, maybe I'm burnt out from exercising too much or I need, you know, my nutrition's off or something. I read the news and it messed my day up. Whatever it is, like thinking about the, the like granularity of emotions and realizing that they're just that. They're, they're feelings that aren't facts and that when you are sad, it's okay to be sad. Um, and that that's like the one thing that makes life that's like the one through line for everyone in life which is um i guess i guess that's what makes it that's what makes it like the beautiful comedy you know the the beautiful tragic comedy is that that is the one piece that unites everybody it's the one thing that you can count on is that life is going to be tragic and hard and sad but that doesn't mean there aren't some beautiful beautiful moments and pieces to it um, and which brings me to the next, man, this layout is dope, man. I'm saying this should just be flowing. You feel me? Someone put some thought into these, uh, whoever, whoever laid this out, um, that the same thing goes for happiness, that happiness as well is a fleeting feeling. And so instead of this one is a big one, don't pursue happiness, pursue purpose because happiness I found is often a byproduct of purpose. It's something that you can't like, you can't order it on command. Same with love. You can't have somebody love me. You can't be happy. Like it's not something that you can just like pull out of a hat. It's something that happens from an action. It's the byproduct of a process. And so how can we spend more time in that sense of purpose? And then hopefully the byproduct comes from that. How can you spend more time with someone that you care deeply about and really work on that relationship and hope that then love becomes, uh, you know, it's a byproduct, it fosters from that. Um, that that these are things that I think are really important um, for me rather than this idea of happiness instead of chasing, chasing, chasing the, the, the purpose. And this will come down to another, um, one of my, my, the final points down the line, but really being more purpose driven and less like happiness, like, Happiness is something you can get, but it's 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 a quick hit, and then you're 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 gone. Okay, and then the next one is um, okay. So this is I guess seventeen, and this would be talking shit is rarely helpful. Period. I just think this was a really interesting one. Like, I think about it, I'm like, being negative and complaining and talking shit is almost like our default. It's like the easiest thing to resort into is to just complaining. 
and sorry for snapping so much on audio. I know that's probably not helpful, but um, trying to be more aware of my complaining and what purpose is that serving? Is anybody like, is that really that helpful to be talking shit about anyone and to pretend and to pretend instead, I, I like this idea Gary Vee was talking about, like to pretend like I'm being filmed. And what I really want people to know that that's what I really want to say something like that, that people are like, so that's what you think rather than just being like, you know, if it's not nice, don't say it at all type thing. Like complaining as well com for what? Like that's probably best kept to yourself. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about important issues, but what services uh, complaining really getting you? Okay. Oh, this one actually ties in. This was like a 17.5. Um, be happy for other people. Uh, I think so. Speaking of the complaining, so often we see other people's successes. We have reasons to bring them down or make excuses for why that works rather than just being like, they're doing it. That's dope. So on some growth mindset shit, there's plenty to go around. My success does not directly relate to yours. I think this is so interesting in music. So often as artists, we get upset about other people's success. And I'm like, you know, fans can listen to more than one person. Like, that's okay. My success is not stealing from anybody else's success. It's uh, it's just this idea of like, we feel like there's a limited amount of spots no matter what it is you're doing. There's unlimited, there's plenty to go around for everyone. Be happy for other people. Examine what they did that's working. Steal like an artist. Use it for yourself. Keep it moving. Okay. Oh, this one I like. This one, and a lot of this stuff, I also want to preface this, even though it's at the end of the video, I want to preface this. These are not... Um, these really like this next one I'm going to say is not is super cool. I did not come up with this. Like these are concepts I've learned and have tried to internalize, um, that I'm just now regurgitating to you stealing like an artist properly. This one I think I got from, um, the, uh, what was it called? I think I got this from the Victor Frankl's man search for meaning. I love this one. These next, these next two I got from Victor Frankl, the shadow is directly proportional to the dream. And I love that. I think it was Viktor Frankl. If I'm not, Vic, forgive me. The shadow is directly proportional to the dream. And I love that. Meaning if you play small, the shadow's small. The risk is small. The, the dark energy there, there's not going to be a lot of friction because you aren't reaching for that much. If you're shooting high, if you're really going for it, that's a big shadow. Lots of people there are going to be trying to drag you down because they see you shooting for it and you're going to be changing, you're going to be breaking out of their perceptions of you, of what they think you should be doing, of what they think you are. And when you start messing with people's expectations, people don't like that. And so the, the bigger it is, the thing that you're shooting for, which why not? Like, what's the point of playing small, period? Like, why not just shoot for the big thing and then just see how far you can take it? is that shadow and I found often wanting to be a little bit more on my like R&B singer kind of like hip hop shit that people are like Kia but you're this nice guy and it's but you're this and you're that and and stop swearing and it's like this stuff of like these ideas of of what people want me to be of what people think I am or think I should be rather than um, me realizing, okay, if I wanted, if I want to really take it there, there are things I'm going to need to change and things I'm going to need to do that might be different than people's expectations of what I, what I need to be doing and with what I should be doing of what's right for me. And so that often ends up causing friction, 
um, along the way. So just think about think about that shadow, and and if you're gonna shoot high, which you should, just be ready for it. Um, this is number nineteen. I love this one. This is a Viktor Frankl one, which I think he stole from somebody else. So this is really just uh, this is now super watered down, but it says he, but he or she were being inclusive here. He that has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. I love that one. He that has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. Meaning, this is a Viktor Frankl truism from being in the concentration camps and really feeling this sense of purpose and just being able to deal with like the craziest stuff. I can my life, the hardest part of my life has, has not even been like a f- f- fraction of whatever Vic had to go through, Dr. Viktor Frankl, but still that idea of like, when things get weird, things get hard, things are frustrating, if you have that kind of north star of at least like that sense of purpose, then it makes it so much easier to deal with all of the other stuff that comes along with it. And this boils down to my last point, which is why whenever I think about blowing up faster or other stuff I could be doing, other stuff people think I should be doing, whatever it is, is to measure life by how much fun you're having. And this is a thing that I swear by because this comes back to my process. This comes back to my piece of embracing the journey and the time that it takes and controlling what's in your control of all of the things that are outside of your control, like the fans, the followers, the fame, whatever it is, the success, the accolades. If you aren't having fun along the journey, then what's the fucking point? And I think that that for me just resonates so much thinking about tactics and strategies and these things like TikTok and these other things that like, yes, I could double down on those and probably get to where I'm trying to get a lot faster, but instead just really dialing in on my day to day and saying, what can I do to enjoy today that helps me reach the goal? That's why the tortoise, baby, that's my spirit animal. We're slow but steady. I mean, taking action, making actions quickly, don't get it twisted, but in the long term, in, in the macro, I play as a tortoise. In the micro, I'm the hare, testing stuff, trying stuff, um, just making, taking action, making decisions, making mistakes, recorrecting course, building a plane while we're flying it. But in the macro, I'm super tortoise. I'm super tortoise. I'm just like, just like enjoying this process of failing and living in Mexico and eating tacos and boxing and just like, just like really feeling grateful um, that, uh, this is how I get to spend my time. Again, this wasn't, this wasn't luck. This wasn't something that happened by coincidence. This was a very intentional decision that came out of years of discomfort to think about how can I really minimize and craft a lifestyle that I love so that way I can enjoy the process to getting to that end goal. And so that way it's almost like, again, whether or not that end goal, even how far I get is irrelevant because I'm enjoying the process so much. And a lot of these things, again, practices is not like every day is perfect. A lot of days are rough. A lot of days I'm not getting where I want to be. But the majority of my time I'm spending creating, doing what I love, perfecting my craft. And to me, that is really the most important thing is um, just learning to have fun and enjoying the day. Like I like boxing. I like making music. I like audio engineering. I like eating 
going on long walks and thinking about life, reading and sleeping. So spending my time doing those things. So Kia, future Kia, if you've changed, if you've pivoted from these, um, hopefully you have because you've grown and developed since then. But in these 30 years, these 30 years have been about learning. I've spent these 30 years really, I think, creating myself um, and locking into things that are important. And I'm excited for the next 30 um, to see what we're able to, what we're able to do with it. I feel like we can do some damage, dude, and damage in a good way, but feel like we're, we're going to be able to like really, um, shake shit up and I'm excited for it to, to start putting some of these skills that have taken me years to learn and develop to, to use. And, um, it's not a race. It would have been nice to, you know, be Drake and get popping 25 mil by 25, but that wasn't my journey. So, um, just embracing this one that we're on, in this life, in this dimension, and um, taking it day by day. So those are close to 20, maybe a little bit more, maybe got some bonuses in there, 20 things that I learned by 30, and I'm excited for the next uh, the next revolution around the, uh, around the sun. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you even made it this far, you are a real one. Appreciate you rocking with the boy. Check you on the